Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at beautiful Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, California, where the Los Angeles Dodgers have just dropped game one of the NLDS into Dodger fans' point of view, horrifying fashion to the Arizona Diamondbacks, 11-2 for the Diamondbacks, 11 runs on 13 hits, no errors for the Dodgers, two runs, only four hits, no errors, the only scoring the Dodgers got was in the bottom of the eighth inning when with two men on Mookie and Freddie who have both walked Will Smith cracked a two-run triple that put the Dodgers on the board finally but there's no way to uh, overlook the fact that this was a good old-fashioned ass whooping Diamondbacks scored six runs in the first inning off of Clayton Kershaw Clayton Kershaw got one out and he left the game after a third of an inning, giving up six hits, six runs, all earned. Walked a batter, didn't strike out anybody, gave up a big three-run bomb to Gabriel Moreno. And, uh, boy, that was as bad as I've seen a playoff game go for the Los Angeles Dodgers in my tenure here as PA announcer. And uh, we've seen some heartbreak here at Chavez Ravine in October, and this had to rank up there as one of the very worst. There's no way to, to look around it. It is only one game, but hey, in a best-of-five series, one game means a lot. One game, and you're, you know, one-third there to uh, winning that best-of-five. So that's where the Diamondbacks sit right now, and we'll have to come back on Monday and regroup. You know, the Diamondbacks just took it to the Dodgers tonight in uh, – what to me was horrifying fashion, and the Dodgers' offense was really non-existent. You got to credit Merrill Kelly, the Diamondbacks pitcher, who went six and a third, only gave up three hits, no runs, walked two batters, K'd five through almost 90 pitches, almost 60 of them strikes. So he pitched a beautiful game. And get this, Merrill Kelly was 0-11 versus the Dodgers coming into this game. But when you get staked to a six-run lead before you even go out there and throw a pitch, you're in pretty good shape. So there's uh, no way around it. This was a horrendous, horrendous loss for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I can only hope that they can regroup and find a way to get it done. Mookie Betts, no hits. Freddie Freeman, no hits. Max Muncy, no hits. J.D. Martinez, no hits. Jason Hayward, no hits. Um, really, really disappointing. And we've seen this before from the Dodgers in the postseason, where they tear up the competition in the regular season and then somehow go into a premature winter's nap come October. 
hey, like I said, this is only one game, but it's one big important game, and it really set the tone for this series. 51,653 fans came out here hoping to see a vintage Clayton Kershaw performance, and what they saw was something horrendous. Some, we, we, what we saw was a an aging punch-drunk boxer basically getting knocked out and getting knocked around until he finally was uh, was called for a technical knockout and pulled out of the game. I am so tired of seeing that TV shot of a lonely Clayton Kershaw with his head in his hands sitting in the dugout. Now, I don't want to be too negative in this podcast, but it's pretty hard after watching what we just watched out here tonight when everything went right for the Arizona Diamondbacks and virtually nothing went right for the Dodgers. And the Dodgers threw out five pitchers. Kershaw only went a third. Emmett Sheehan came in for three and two-thirds innings. Shelby Miller threw a couple innings. Michael Grove came in. Caleb Ferguson kind of mopped up toward the end. They were fairly effective, but the Diamondbacks were able to tack on runs by way of home run. So Grove gave up a home run, and Alex Vesia also gave up a home run. So not good. Not good by the Dodgers. I don't think there's uh, any way around that. And we can only hope that they can bounce back from a horrendous loss of, uh, of this ilk in the postseason. And I know what all the Dodger haters out there are saying, ah, oh, Dodgers always choke in October, blah, blah, blah. But uh, right now, it's pretty hard to uh, it's pretty hard to argue with them. Dave Roberts sat up, talked to the media after the game, and of course, he was asked about Clayton Kershaw and Clayton Kershaw's future. Anything uh, physically wrong with Kershaw more than he's been dealing with? No, no. You know what? I, I thought tonight, if you look at the stuff, um, the velocity, um, I, I thought. You know, you didn't get too much of a look at him, but I thought the stuff was good. You know, it's just some mistakes that they capitalized on. Does this change or affect at all any uh, plans for, like, when he pitches next? No, no, it doesn't. I, I think that if you look at it, um, he's going to pitch game four. And so um, that's kind of, I'm sure, that's where his head's at. Barry in the middle. Getting back to... The, the playoff format, I mean, basically, I think three of the four home teams lost tonight, and the three teams that had 100 wins lost tonight. It's getting to be kind of a pattern now of, of, these, bas- of these playoffs. What, what do you think about that? And it, it, you know, you're kind of like a, a, a victim of what's going on around the rest of baseball. Yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things, Barry. It's, uh, you know, this is the, the constructs, the structure of, of the playoff format. And so, um, you know, for us to sit here and uh, complain about five off days, um, it's just not going to serve much purpose. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, our guys are conditioned to play every day. And um, and so when you have a respite like that, it's different. And so as a, as a preparation, as a staff, you know, you try to simulate as much as you can. And I think that all those managers were doing the same thing. Um, but there's no, um, you know, there's no – you just can't simulate real postseason baseball. So 
Um, no excuse. We still got to go out there. And uh, like I said before, it's like these are the constructs. We got to play within them. And uh, we got to regroup on, on Monday and be ready to go. But um, yeah, I mean, I think your point's fair. Um, but certainly viewership is great. And, you know, I think that that's, I guess, matters to some people. Take one last one, Kyle, standing up in the back. Dave, the D-backs have scored 22 runs in 27 innings. They've gotten, you know, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Devin Williams, now Kershaw. What are they doing from your vantage point to be so successful? Um, they win pitches. Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, they don't punch much. Um, they they don't. They just put the ball in play. And, um, you know, when you, when you make a mistake, there's some slug in there. Uh, they're not, you know, essentially built on slug, but, you know, those guys can still hit the ball at the ballpark, and um, I think right now they're, they've, they've clearly had a great game plan you know, for the Brewers, and they came with a good plan tonight and executed it, and that's, that's part of the game. So we up here in Dodger Vision did the best we could to put a good show on for these 52,000 fans that showed up and spent their hard-earned money to get out here to Dodger Stadium. And we had a pretty cool pregame show. You know, MLB takes over during the postseason, so we don't do our full-on uh, pregame show like we normally do. But we did, uh, as we always do in the first game of the postseason, introduce the entire uh, Dodger coaching staff and reserves and reserve pitchers and so forth before the game. That's always a, a good experience, a fun experience for me to be able to uh, – get those guys out there on the line and introduce them one by one as well as the starting lineups. I'm not sure if they took that on television. Normally they do take that on television, but I'm not sure if TBS was carrying that live today. We had a great anthem performance and a jet flyover, and uh, I thought you might like to hear a little bit of gospel singer Keith Williams Jr. singing our national anthem, accompanied by Dodger Stadium organist Dieter Rule. Please rise if you're able. Kindly remove your caps for our nation's colors. Presented this evening by the 2nd Battalion, 23rd Marines Color Guard. Now please remain standing for the singing of our national anthem. Accompanied by Dodger Stadium organist Dieter Rule. Please welcome gospel singer Keith Williams Jr.
And Eric Karros, the great Dodger from the 90s, former Rookie of the Year and the all-time home run leader for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eric Karros came out throughout the ceremonial first pitch. It's time now for our ceremonial first pitch. Joining us this evening is a player who holds a very special place in Los Angeles Dodgers history. After making his major league debut as a first baseman with the Boys in Blue in September of 1991, this player started the following year with a two-run home run in his first at bat. A great start to his season and earned him the title of National League Rookie of the Year. Won a Silver Slugger Award in 1995 and is the third Dodger player in history to record 30 home runs and 100 RBI in five different seasons. Joining legends Duke Snyder and Gil Hodges. Montreal on August 22, 2000, he became the only Dodger and hit two home runs in the same inning. During his 12 seasons with the team, this player hit 270 home runs and drove in 976 runs. Fans, please welcome back to Dodger Stadium, the all-time home run leader, the Los Angeles Dodgers, Eric Harrow. All right, Eric, the mound is yours. Ryan Pepio about to do the catching. Great pitch. We had a great military hero of the game tonight as well. Retired U.S. Navy aviation machinists mate, third class Joe Weber of Woodland Hills. And he joined up at the tender age of 17. He had to get parental consent to join the Navy right in the middle of World War II. Went to boot camp in Florida in 1944. Completed aviation mechanic training in aviation gunnery school in Oklahoma. And some of his operational assignments included serving as an air crewman, a flight engineer, and an aerial gunner on a patrol bomber that they called a mariner. It was a flying boat, and it did water landings and takeoffs. So it was kind of like a, uh, a seaplane, but that could also bomb. <laughs> Weber served in Texas, Oklahoma, and Hawaii and received an honorable discharge in 1946 at Terminal Island here in California. And after his career with the Navy, Weber served with the Los Angeles City Fire Department for 31 years, in the last 12 years of which he was a battalion chief in the Hollywood area. I believe that's Battalion 4 for the LAFD. He had four children, six grandchildren, six great-grandchildren, and he'll be expecting his first great-great-grandchild in March of 2024. He's led a life of public service and distinction, and he will be celebrating 
his 97th birthday later this month. So we thanked retired U.S. Navy aviation machinist mate third class Joe Weber for his service, sacrifice, and dedication to our country, and we trust he had a great time at the ballpark tonight. A lot of us didn't have a really good time at the ballpark tonight, unfortunately. This was just a just a shellacking on the part of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And their manager, Tori Lovello, after the game came out and said, hey, our guys have been playing meaningful baseball games for the last several weeks, and we came in here with a game plan, and we executed. He said he couldn't be more proud of his, his hitters and his position players, and uh, Merrill Kelly, his pitcher, who really threw a great game. So the Dodgers are going to have to regroup. They're going to have to figure out how to get it done. they got to win three out of four games. That's, that's the bottom line. And uh, their offense is going to have to come alive. It doesn't matter who's pitching. They're going to have to find a way to score some runs. Because uh, two runs in garbage time, basically, is not going to get it done. So hopefully, with Bobby Miller on the mound on Monday, the Dodgers can right the ship and uh, put things in a more natural order here in the National League West because this is starting to feel a little bit like deja vu all over again where the Dodgers made an early exit at the hands of the San Diego Padres, who they had owned in the 2022 season. This year they finished 16 games ahead of the Diamondbacks, and here we go again. So it's uh, not surprising that we'd all have a little bit of PTSD and... uh, you know, I was nervous about this game just because I get nervous before any postseason game. But I could not have imagined it going any worse than it did. We can only hope for better days ahead. So hope you stay with us and you stay with the Dodgers. That's all we got for you on this postseason edition of Dodgers Homestand. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Todd Lights, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode, and if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.